Let me tell you another exciting thing. I said it last Sunday, just quickly. Uh, God's beginning to speak to me some things to do. You know, a few weeks ago I was here praying, and God said, all you do is ask me what to say. Uh, why don't you ask me what to do? Uh, and it took me back because, you know, I'm a communicator. I seem like most of my time, Lord, what do you want me to say? Uh, and God said, uh, I'll take care of things for you to say. Why don't you just ask me some things to do? So I've been asking, God, what do you want me to do? And it's amazing what happened. Hey, what would happen in your household if your kids came to you and said, Mom and Dad, is there anything you want me to do? After you got up off the floor and your fainting spell, the list would come out, right? Well, man, God's been giving me some things to do. And, and uh, in the middle of all that, I ended up over at TBN, our local TBN station, helping uh, Ken Bent uh, from Church on the Golden Triangle Church on the Rock shoot a uh, uh, one of the local broadcasts. Anyway, long story short, I met with the station director over there, and he said, I've got a slot. You need to fill a slot. I said, I don't have any TV cameras. I, I, he said, hey, but I've got a slot. And so I made the big mistake. Well, it wasn't a mistake. I said, well, how much is a 30-minute weekly slot cost a man if he had TV cameras and could uh, uh, produce a TV show? He said, how about $600 a month? I thought that was a bang-up deal, but then I thought I still have no cameras, but I know a friend who does. I called Pastor Ron, long story short, uh, next week, not this coming week, but next week, we're going to shoot our pilot to our new TV show that's going to begin to air on a weekly basis right here in the community. Now, it has to be approved, but of course, how many of you know, God, you've seen worse things than me on TBN, right? So... I got a feeling we'll be all right there. And so we'll be shooting a, a, a pilot. They'll put together an intro and outro. I'll show it to you. And when we begin this process, and I'm going to give all of you an opportunity to invest. What a great missions outreach right here in our own local community. Uh, and then, of course, those programs will be available for online viewing and for, uh, uh, you know, just all kinds of uh, added influence. So it's going to be pretty, we're going to shoot the, the pilot over at Pastor Ron's church, uh, uh, and they've worked a deal with us to produce these programs, uh, at no cost to us at this point. So praise ye the Lord. So man, great things are happening. And God's telling me some things to do, you know, and, and a couple of weeks, Brian and I, as well as my friend Colin, we're going to go back to Mexico and drill water wells. Uh, and I'll just throw this out to you, even though it's preliminary. Uh, there's some people talking to me uh, that, uh, that you know, you hear these things and you think, well, you want to laugh like Sarah laughed. How in the world could that happen? They want to fund worldwide water well projects around the world. And they want to talk to us about it. And so, whoo, you know, I'm starting to dream big, you know. In fact, I got on my computer yesterday and began to develop a multi-million dollar plan to make a huge global impact over the next five years with water projects uh, all over the world. Now, uh, you know all that takes, you know all that takes is what? Faith and money. Okay. Amen. So, uh, and these people say they have the money. So, Woo, we'll see. Who knows? You just say God's speaking into existence. And I mean, I, I'm telling you, you just never know what my, God might take. If you just offer him an opportunity uh, and little as much when God gets in the middle of it. And you can make a worldwide difference uh, right here from Beaumont, Texas. Amen. So, hey, great things are happening. And next Sunday is what? 
It's Father's Day. Come on now. Now, here's what must happen next week. You've got to go bring your friends and family. Because I want to tell you, next Sunday, I'm going to preach a message called Fearless Fatherhood. Uh, And I've got a gift for every father that I have made a significant investment for every father. And you don't want to miss the opportunity as a father to get this gift into your hands. And wives, parents, brothers, sisters... Uh, get fathers here, get families here. It's going to be a great family building opportunity. So I want to encourage you to just plug in, get involved, be here. Let's fill up the house on Father's Day. Every father is going to get a significant gift from, from your church family and your pastor that uh, uh, will be a life changer for you. So I encourage you to do that. And so that's next Sunday, Father's Day. And uh, everybody said amen. So let's jump in. How many of you ready to jump in? Man, I'm ready to jump in. Turn in your Bible to two passages of Scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and 2 Kings. Uh, I'll tell you what, skip 2 Corinthians 5. I'm going to show you that. Turn to 2 Kings 6 and 2 Corinthians 4. Just start making your way there uh, and hold your place at both. 2 Kings 6 and 2 Corinthians 4. We started a few weeks ago a series called Fear Not, Learning to Walk by Faith and not by sight. And could I tell you, this is one of the most uh, uh, vitally necessary lessons of life that you and I will ever learn. Because this is what life is all about. Life is about walking by faith. In fact, there is no life without faith. You see, we're born again into the kingdom of God. For by grace, you are saved through what? Faith. And that's not of yourself. It's a gift of God, not by works, lest any man should boast. So it's so important. In fact, you will stumble through life. You will struggle through life. You will never walk victorious in life until you learn to really live by faith and not by sight. And that's what 2 Corinthians 5, 7 is. It's our keynote verse. And and I trust and pray that you get this in your spirit. Look at your neighbor and say, you better get this one down, brother or sister. Get it down. Everybody get it down. You got to get it down. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. Let's read it out loud together. Read it loud and read it proud. Here we go. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Say it again. For we walk by faith and not by sight. You see, that's so important because if you don't have faith, uh, the, the, all kinds of negative influences come and invade your world. And the primary one is fear. Everyone say, fear not. You see, if you're living by faith, you're not living under the influence of fear. And I've given you kind of Pastor Sam's uh, definition. This is what I've been kind of developed over the years. Uh, fear is nothing more than a natural reaction to a distorted perspective of a temporary circumstance. Now, you got to swallow that a little bit. you got to chew on that a little bit. You say, well, Pastor, you don't know one of the circumstances in my life. Uh, as we'll learn today, it's all temporary. And usually it's a distorted perspective. And you think, well, hey, man, I'm, I'm facing life and death. Well, to live is Christ and to die is gain. You see, it's a distorted perspective of eternity. We're going to talk about that more today. So everybody say, fear not. Let's walk by faith and not by sight. Now, the last two Sundays we looked at, I think it's Matthew 18, where Peter and the disciples were in the boat and the storms were raging. Everybody go, oh, let's try that again. When I say the storms are raging, you give me some. And the storms were raging. 
there you go. Y'all are awesome. And, and, and they were so afraid. And Jesus came walking on the water. And they were still so afraid. Because they thought he was a ghost. And he said, it is I. Be of good cheer. Fear not. And Peter had enough gumption to say, if it's you, bid me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. And Peter walked on the water. But when he got his eyes off, the, off of Jesus and onto the circumstances of his life, he began to sink. How many of you here ever got that sinking feeling? And so that's where we, that's where we were the last couple of weeks. And we, I gave you some life lessons for, for living by faith and not by sight through that uh, passage. And so I encourage you, if you missed out, you can buy the CD. You can go online to our website and listen at www.cotrnorth.com. You can go to iTunes and Google Church on the Rock North and you'll get all of that and more. Uh, you can down it to your, download it to your iPad, your iPod, your, your, iPad and all those things. And so, so get the word of God moving in your life. I'm so appreciative of Ryan. Ryan is a podcaster and he, and, and he just, he just takes opportunity to plug in his earphones and listen to the word of God. And he feeds himself through those, uh, those avenues and opportunities. I want to encourage you to follow his lead and do the same, especially if you miss the last two Sundays. So, that's where we've been. This morning, I want to talk to you about uh, looking at life through the lens of the bigger picture. And this is 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 16 and 17. And it's the story of Elisha and his servant. Now, interesting thing about the man of God, the story is this uh, in 2 Kings chapter 6, that the Syrian army was always trying to invade Israel. But what Elisha would do, he would hear the Syrian king's plans in the spirit and he would tell the king of Israel the enemy's plans and so they were always thwarted. And so the king of Syria, he brought all his captains and all his uh, admirals and all his military leaders and which one of you is snitching me out here? And they said, it's not us. It's that prophet Elisha. He's what you speak in your bedroom. He's telling it to the king in Israel. And they said, he said, go get him. Where is he? He's in Dothan. So they sent a massive army down to Dothan to get one man by the name of Elisha, the prophet of God. And so the prophet, that's the story. The prophet and his servant are there. And let's pick it up. uh, Verse 15. And it says, and when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, alas, my master, what shall we do? Everyone say, alas, what shall we do? Now, if you'll remember part of my sermon, uh, I think it was last Sunday or maybe the first Sunday, Jehoshaphat had the same scenario and he asked the same thing, but he said, hey, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. How many of you know that changes everything? And, but the servant said, alas, master, what shall we do? And it's pretty clear he was afraid. How many of you know that's a natural reaction? You remember? Fear is nothing more than a natural reaction to a distorted perspective of a temporary circumstance. And so he says, alas, master, what shall we do? And here's what Elisha says to him. He answered, do not fear. Everyone say, do not fear. For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Now put yourself in the servant's 
seat. Say what? What? We're surrounded by the Syrian army and it's just me and you. And Elisha, you're looking kind of pathetic right now. You're just sitting there. No sword, no shield. What are we going to do? He said, how could that be? And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around them. Somebody say amen. Amen. Now, this morning, what I want to talk with you about is looking at life through the lens of the bigger picture. The bigger picture in that scenario was what Elisha told him. There are more with us than there are with them. And the circumstances you see are not what are really going on in the bigger picture. You see, that's what you and I have to learn. That's what Jehoshaphat knew. I don't want to get my eyes on my circumstances. I want to get my eyes on him. I don't want to let my circumstances be the Lord of my life. I want to let the Lord of my life be the Lord of my life. Amen. And so, so we've got to look at life from a whole different perspective. We've got to learn to walk by and not by. I'm telling you, if you, if you make decisions based upon what you see in the natural realm, you will never accomplish the purposes of God. Understand something. Impossibilities are not impossible with God. Are they, Matt? (laughs) I don't know how Matt, he had two house payments and he was strapped, really struggling financially to make two house payments on a one house payment salary. And he went to his new school where he's going and bought another one. Never sold two, didn't sell two. I thought, Matt, what'd you do? He said, I don't know how it happened, but it happened. (laughs) And it all's working out. Nothing's impossible with God. And so I want to help you this morning begin to do that. I want to give you some important insights, some big picture uh, perspectives this morning uh, that will help you in your journey walking by faith and not by sight. Now, this passage that I shared with you about Elisha and his servant, I want to give you two important insights this morning. One is about immature faith and one is about mature faith. Immature faith, (coughs) that's faith that hasn't grown much. What does it do? It requires a supernatural manifestation of the bigger picture. That's immature faith. That's little faith. And that's what the servant had. He needed his eyes open physically and spiritually to see the bigger picture. Most of us live in that realm. Because we look at the picture, we look at the circumstances of our life, and fear comes upon us because of what we see in the natural. But walking by faith moves to a whole different level. I think of those children of Israel when they moving out of Egypt into the promised land, and the first big hitch in their Gideon was the river, pardon me, not the river, but the Red Sea. And they began to murmur and complain and had no real faith about God's supernatural power. Moses had it in his mind, and he had the bigger picture. And he basically, and God certainly did, because God said, y'all shut up and stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. But immature faith is always requiring God 
to do something supernatural so we can know he's there taking care of us. Now, how many of you know we serve a supernatural God? But faith does not, mature faith does not require a supernatural manifestation before it stands up and is strong. And so immature faith requires supernatural manifestation of the bigger picture. Now, mature faith is which, where Elisha was operating in. Mature faith, it sees it without really seeing it. Mature faith, in fact, what did Elisha say to the servant? Well, fear not, there's more with us than there are with them. Where did he know that? In his heart of hearts. He knew what was going on in the spirit realm. And mature faith says this, there are more with us than there are with them. Now, you, you and I need to understand kind of where do we play out in here? If you're leaning towards the first one, man, you're in the right place this morning. And, and if you're struggling in some area, regardless, God wants to open our eyes to the bigger picture and teach us to walk by faith and not by, say it, sight. So with that in mind, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians 4 is just a phenomenal, it's the chapter right before, if you remember, 2 Corinthians chapter, what comes after 4? 5. And what, what does 2 Corinthians 5, 7 say? For we walk by faith and not by sight. And so chapter 4 is certainly a building block towards chapter 5, and if you read it all in context, if, if you read chapter 4 and chapter 5 together, even just up to verse 8 of chapter 5, you'd go, whoo, that's a bigger picture and a greater understanding of walking by faith and not by sight than I've ever heard before. But look what Paul says. We're going to jump into the middle or the last part of chapter 4, uh, oh, verse 16 through 18. He says, therefore, we do not lose heart. Now, i got to stop because every time you see a therefore, you need to look back and see what the therefore is there for. And, and just by way of context, Paul is talking about hardships in ministry. Hardships in life. Is there anyone here who's ever had at least one hardship in life? Okay. Is there anyone here who maybe even today you're going through some issues or some circumstances, some situations where you know if you don't walk by faith, uh, you're going to be in a, in a jam. So we're, we're all kind of on the same page and, and, and this is for us all. So Paul's talking about this and he says we're hard pressed but not crushed. We're perplexed but not in despair. You see, Paul was, what's he saying here? We're not letting our circumstances be the Lord of our life. We're letting Jesus be the Lord of our life. I'm persecuted, but not forsaken. You see, circumstances are not in charge. Everyone say, circumstances are not in charge. He said, I'm struck down, but not destroyed. I'm crushed, but uh, uh, I'm hard-pressed, but not crushed. In other words, these circumstances will not get the best of me. And then he talks about, in chapter 4, the same spirit of faith. Verse 13, and since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believe, therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus Christ will also raise us up with him and will present us with you. And so we're talking, he's talking about faith in the middle of the hard places. And then he says this in verse 16, drum roll, please. 
Thank you. Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing. There's the circumstances. Yet the inward man is being what? Day by day. That's the bigger picture, see? For our light affliction, which is but for a moment. There's that temporary thing I was talking about. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us for a far more and exceeding and eternal weight of glory. There's the bigger, what? The bigger picture of walking by faith and not by sight. While we do not look at the things that are seen, man, that you ought to write, you ought to mark that one down. For we do not look at the things that are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things that are not seen are eternal. How many of you know sometimes what you see will put the put fear in, on the inside of you? You know, the other day I was working on my lawnmower and I, I blew all my blower all off underneath it and got it all clean and I did some work under there and then a little bit later I came back I had to do a little uh, tightening of a boat and I leaned down there and there's a scorpion laying right there about a foot from my face and I and it looked dead and so I, I had no fear I thought well that you know when I was blowing things around a little later it must have got under there and I was sweeping and you know just is dead and so I thumped it about three four foot and it went I said to myself, I should have been a little more fearful at that. Most of us, when we see things, it just it's an automatic reaction. And so today, understand something. We cannot look at the things which are seen. For the things which are, uh, but at the, he said, we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things that are seen are what? Temporary. But the things which are not seen are eternal. So a great passage of scripture, chapter four and five, by walking by faith and not by sight, put it in context. In fact, this week, your, your responsibility is to study those two passages of scripture. And in fact, uh, it's just a phenomenal uh, grouping of passages when it comes to walking by faith and not by sight. And, and so great study for you to kind of digest a little further. But this morning, I want to just give you some bigger perspectives, some bigger picture perspectives, some bigger picture insights and beliefs. I want to build within you this morning, uh, uh, through this passage of Scripture, uh, a, a bigger picture belief system. You see, if you begin to believe some things, it'll change you on the inside and it will help you be able to move beyond the circumstances of your moment. Are you with me? So you have to have some real true belief system built within you about life and eternity and the bigger picture of what God's in charge, God's doing. So I'm going to give you four things today that I would encourage you to write down from these two, these passages of scripture, uh, that, uh, should help you do that. The first one is this, the a bigger, uh, first aspect or pers- perspective about the bigger picture that you need to begin to believe it is, is this, my outward circumstances will not affect my inward confidence. My outward circumstances should not, will not affect my inward confidence. What I see with my natural eyes is not gonna, not gonna affect in a negative way what I believe on the inside about God and His eternal purposes for my life. Look in chapter 4, verse 16. What did He say? Therefore, we do not lose heart. I'm not going to lose heart by what I see, by these 
hard-pressed issues, by these perplexing things, by this persecution, by this being struck down, by this controversy, by this struggle, by this pain, by this sorrow, by this loss, by this confusion. I'm not going to let what I see with my natural eyes affect what I believe on the inside. Somebody say, I'm telling you today. You've got to come to some, ad, some absolutes in your life about God and His eternal purposes and just say, you know what? This is what I'm building on the inside of me. This is one of the pillars of my life. I'm walking by faith and not by sight. And I will not let what I see with my natural eyes affect what I know inside my heart about God and His care and concern for me. Therefore, I'm not going to lose heart. That lose heart, King James says, faint. My wife, she doesn't do this much anymore, but uh, she had this little, how many of you know, uh, sh- you get these little sayings, she would always say, oh, I'm about to faint. I've never seen her faint. I've been married to her a long time, she's never fainted. And so she's cried wolf so much, she said, oh, I'm about to faint. I said, no, you ain't. If you ever faint, I'll just think you're faking. Because you've been about to faint. You know, I'm so hungry, I think I'm about to faint. I've never fainted from lack of food. But how many of you know in our spiritual life, oh, I'm just about to faint. And it's really, we're faint all the time. We become weary and weak and, and, and weak need because we're, we're looking at the circumstances of our life and, and, the, and, the, and the problems and the fears and the, and, the, and the circumstances of life assail us. We go, oh, I'm about to faint. And we faint. Well, the Bible says concerning that in Proverbs 24, verse 10, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. You just got small strength. Your faith is weak. In fact, Jesus taught us in Luke 18 a parable. It says he taught a parable to them that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Well, I can't help it. It's just the way it is. I'm about to faint. Well, it's because you're looking through life through the, through the lens of, of, of your fear and doubt and the circumstances that are all around you. Peter, Paul, pardon me, Paul said, you just can't do that. Everybody said, you can't do that. And so you've got to build some pillars of faith in your heart that says, I will not, my outward circumstances will not affect my inward confidence in God. Come on now. Number two. My outward circumstances are only temporary. Everybody say, it's only temporary. Now, this is where we need to really latch hold. Because it is only temporary. In fact, as I say all the time, planet Earth is the shortest amount of time you'll ever spend anywhere. And that's what Paul the Apostle was trying to get across to us. He says, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment... And I know what you're saying. Yeah, it ain't light and it's been going on a long time. Just if we had time, we could go back and we could read the scenario of what Paul went through. Beaten up, beaten by rods, left for dead, stoned, thrashed, persecuted, reviled. And he said it's a momentary light affliction. And it's only temporary. That's what he said. Look what he said. He said, uh, while we don't look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are what? Somebody say it's temporary. 
Look, look at three people because this is going to get you out of just your, your spouse or somebody. And Ray, you may just have to get up and walk somewhere. Right? Look at three people right in the eyeballs and say, hey, real, hey, just tell them, hey, it's only temporary. Tell them, look, hey, it's only temporary. Come on, three people. Hey, it's only temporary. Jeremy, hey, it's only temporary. It's only temporary. No, it's not. Yes, it is. But now, if, if you're looking at your circumstances rather than, than, than God and His Word, guess what? It has a way of prolonging the agony. If you want, if you want some people just love pain. And so they whine and complain. And they, just, and, and they look at the circumstances. Hey, if you want, how, how many of you want to move these circumstances on through? You know, when you're going through hell, what do you do? You keep going. Don't camp out there. You ever met anybody that's camped out in the trauma zone? You know, pastorally, I'll pray for you on my way through. But I'm not hanging out with you very long. Come on now. If you want to hang out, hey, if you love being beat up and whooped up and, and living in whoa, gloom, despair, and agony on me, and deep, dark depression, and sense of misery, and if it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all, despair, and agony on me. I'm telling you, I, I'm not hanging around. I'm not coming to your cookout. I'll say, bless you, brother. I'm going through. If you want to come, come on. But I'm not hanging out in your pity party zone. Because I know something about life and about God. It's only temporary. I'm on my way to heaven from Beaumont, Texas. To live as Christ and to die as gain. That's the bigger picture. That's a huge part of walking by faith and not by sight. And when you're going through something... You've got to realize this is not forever. This is, this is momentary. It's just a flicker in time. And this too will pass. And if you want it to pass quicker on this, in this life, you better get up out of your pity party and get moving. And get back in the race. And, run in the, and fighting the good fight of what? Faith. Amen. My outward circumstances will not affect my inward confidence. My outward circumstances, they're only temporary. And number three, my outward circumstances are actually working for me, not against me. OMG. You've got to be kidding me. No siree, Bob. God can take, listen, listen to me this morning. God can take the worst scenario of your life and turn it around and put it into play in the perfect will of God for your life. Even if it's something that God had no part of, that the devil came and threw at you and, and knocked you off course, God's big enough to take the circumstances of your life and cause it to work for you, not against you. In fact, Paul, oh, Paul said this in Romans 8, for we know that, this is for those who love God, for we know that all things, 
good, bad, good things, bad things, all things work together for good for those who love God and are the called according to His purpose. This trauma, this circumstance, this pain, this trial, this tribulation, this troubled time in my life is working for me, not against me. Somebody say amen. That's called walking by faith and not by sight. And let me just tell you, on a side note, you get that established within you, I'm telling you, the devil starts trembling around somebody like you because he goes, oh my goodness, he's walking by faith and not by sight. It just throws him for a looper. When you start getting that down, because whatever he throws at you, it just gets thrown back in his face with faith just oozing all over it. That's a bigger picture belief system. This is working for my good. God's going to use this for my good, for his greater good. It's working for me, not against me. In fact, if you go all the way back to Elisha and the servant, you know what happened as a result of these armies that surrounded them and then the armies of the Lord host came? You know what the end of the story was? Uh, uh, Elisha spoke the word and God put them all, made them all blind and sent them back home. He gave them a meal, I think, too, if I remember. He sent them all back home. Can you imagine? They're all going, here's all these armies that the king of Syria sent. They're going after one guy. Now get the picture. Here they come back to Syria. They're all going, I can't see. What happened? You just went from one guy. And you know what the end of the story is? The the Syrian army never attacked Israel again. Never planned an attack. We're talking about, hey, it's done, folks. It worked for the greater good. And God used Elisha and Elijah's, pardon me, Elisha and the servant's moment of conflict as an opportunity for his greater good. And it worked for them, not against them. Hello? Of course, Joseph is a great story of this. Joseph's brothers persecuted him. He went from persecution, the little brother, the little baby. Persecution from his own family. Threw him in a pit by his brothers. Sold him into a slavery. Found himself in the prison. But he went, he went from persecuted, from the pit to the prison, to the palace. And if there was, listen, you, if there was no persecution... If there was no pit, if there was no prison house, there would have been no palace. And God would not have been able to use him to spare the righteous blood of the children of Israel. It was all working for God's greater good. Somebody say amen. Belief. Bigger picture belief. Number four. Oh, let me throw Paul in. Gosh, we've got time to throw Paul. Paul, the apostle. He's on his way to prison in Acts 26, 27, 28. He's sailing to his place of imprisonment. 
They are shipwrecked because they, Paul, they don't listen to Paul's prophetic warning. They're shipwrecked. And they get shipwrecked and they, they're beached on an island called Malta. And Peter get, Paul, pardon me, Paul gets out to build a fire and a, and a two, two-stepper gets a hold of him, a snake, a poisonous snake comes out of the bushes or out of the sticks and latches on to him and all the people on the island whoo, and when he did not die, they thought he was a god he just shook it off in the fire Paul's circumstances were actually for God's greater good and he evangelized that island for months and it all worked for God's greater good Had there been no sailing towards prison, had there been no shipwreck, had there been no snake bite, things would have been different. And so everybody say, my outward circumstances are working for me, not against me. That's what he said. For our outward affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us. For a far more eternal, exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Number four. My outward circumstances are not my focus. My faith is my focus. I just don't focus. I don't look. In fact, what did he say? We don't look at those things. You know, I find sometimes people want me to examine the, the, the traumas of their life or any, and even the, even the uncertainties of my life. Well, you better look at that. You better think about that. You better examine that. You better, you, and, and from my faith perspective, you better doubt yourself and doubt God a little here about where you're at. I don't, I don't function well under that. I don't want to sit there and examine my circumstances and get all fearful. What if that? What if that? What about this? What about that? You better be careful of this. Oh my goodness. Oh, lions and tigers and bears. Oh my. Now understand something. The circumstances of my moment are not my focus. I'm focusing on my faith and staying strong in faith. And if you're not going through something right now, you better get this down because one day you will. And you've got to choose, just like Jehoshaphat said, hey, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. We've got to do what P- Peter didn't do and keep our eyes on Jesus in the middle of the storm. I'm not focusing on my fears. I'm just going to stop and pause. Because the habit of some is to get consumed with the circumstances of your life. And they grip you and they build as what Paul said, a stronghold in your brains. Brick upon brick. Lie upon lie. Fear upon fear. And a stronghold and a, and a belief system gets built in your brain. Now, let me rewind back behind Elisha and go to Elijah. His predecessor. Elisha was a man of faith. And he slew the 400 prophets of Baal. Oh, I wish I had time. This, I, I, 
I try to picture this. I've actually been close to where this happened in Israel, where, where he slew personally 400 prophets of Baal. I'm telling you, this prophet was a bloody mess. And called fire down from heaven and consumed the sacrifice. And, just, uh, and, and Baal worship was eradicated off the planet. And Jezebel was not impressed. And she got all up in his Kool-Aid as somebody, uh, who is it says that? Uh, who? Mestia. I don't know what it means, but she got up all in his Kool-Aid and she said, you know what I'm going to do to you? You think you're something? I'm going to do to you what you did to those 400 prophets of Baal. Now we're talking about a woman. And something on the inside of Elijah snapped. And he ran and hid. And God had to show up. He's hiding in a cave. And God had to show up. And three times, God tried to get through to him to see the bigger picture. And all he could do was focus on his circumstance. Of what he believed. And he, and he established, and I don't, it's amazing to me how this got in him so deep so quick. Maybe he had some issues as a kid, I don't know. Maybe his daddy hit him, I don't know what it was. But something on the end, maybe he had a bad mom, I don't know what it was. But whatever it was, it hit a weak link in him. And, and he, he, he had this false belief system. And he said, I'm all alone. I'm the only one left. And God would say, no, no, it's, you know, I'm all, it was like a broken record. And you know what God finally did? Oh, he said, okay, I've heard enough. Let me tell you something. There's thousands of people down the road who have never one time bowed the knee to Baal. You are not alone. But oh, by the way, your ministry's coming to a close. Because I can't break, I'm telling you, three supernatural moments where God was trying to break this false belief, get his eyes off his circumstances, get them back on where they need to go. He couldn't do it. And he says, your next job is to go find your successor. And that was Elisha. Who told his servant, you got to understand something. There's more with us than there are with him. Listen, you can't focus on that stuff. You got to get your eyes on Him and faith as your focus. What did He say? We do not do that. I don't do that. We do not look at the things which are seen, but the things that are not seen. I think of Moses. In his mature years, Hebrews 11 says, He forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he looked to him who was invisible. Moses, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he focused on him who was invisible. The one who we run to. Looking unto Jesus. 
the author. Hebrews 12, and the finisher of our faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. One of the greatest life lessons you'll ever learn. It'll change your family. It'll change your future. You see, understand something. If you focus on your circumstances, it only compounds the problem. Did you hear what I just said? If you focus on your circumstances, it only compounds the problem. It's, it's, like, it's like pouring gasoline on the fire. If you focus on your circumstances, it only complicates the problem. And if you focus on your circumstances, it compromises your future. That's what happened to Elijah. His future was compromised because he couldn't get his eyes off of a false belief he built based upon the threats of an evil woman who, by the way, had a very ugly demise. You can read about it. It was grotesque. Let me say, pleasantly grotesque. Now, the bigger picture for you today, why you and I have got to build this bigger picture belief system that says my outward circumstance will not affect my inward confidence. My outward circumstances are only temporary. My outward circumstances are working for me, not against me. And my outward circumstances are not my focus. My faith is the focus. What is the bigger picture? Why do we need to do that? Well, go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1, for he says this, Therefore, since we have this ministry... As we have received mercy, we faint not or do not lose heart. Why do we walk by faith and not by sight? The bigger picture is this, because of the responsibility God has placed upon us as ministers. Ministers to the world, yes. Ministers to our family, absolutely. Ministers to one another, absolutely. This world needs a role model, an example, and someone who stands in faith against the circumstances of life. And, and says like Paul the Apostle said, I fought a good fight, I've kept the faith, I've finished my race, and now there's laid before me a crown of righteousness which the Lord my God will give to me, and not only to me, but to all of those who love His appearing. We've got a ministry. People are watching. Our kids are watching to see if we respond rightly in the 9-11s of life. If we stand firm in our faith. Let's stand together. Father, we thank you today for the word of the Lord. I come today to just speak faith into the hearts of your people. And Lord, for those who still may have a faith that would be considered immature. They're needing a miracle manifestation. I pray that you'd open their eyes this morning that they may see that there are more with us than there are with them. 
with every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here today and you can say, Pastor, I must embrace this lesson of life, especially in my moment. Or there's some things going on in around me that are storms and traumas and troubles of life. And I've been tempted to get my eyes off Jesus. And I need your prayer. I want to pray for you today. And I'm going to pray that you'd be strong. You'd not faint. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you today, be bold today and just be honest about where you are. If that's you today, you're in the middle of something, a storm, and the challenge of your moment is to keep your eyes on Him and not on your circumstances. If that's you this morning, lift your hand high wherever you are. God bless you. 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 I'm going to do something. I haven't done this in a while. I'm going to do something this morning because I feel compelled of the Spirit of God just to connect with you on a, on a, on a closer level of faith. If you lifted your hand, I'm going to ask you to come into this altar right up here in the middle with me. We're going to pray together real quick. Come on. Jesus taught a parable to them that they they would pray and not faint. Come on. Join up here. Join up here. And as soon as they get here, I'm going to ask some of our prayer team just to surround them, kind of, and just, y'all scoot in, and we're just going to kind of surround you this morning. People are going to lay hands on your shoulder just so you'll know they're with you today. Father, today, this morning, we know you're a big God. And Lord, today, You're here birthing a bigger picture in people's lives. And Lord, I pray today that you would open their eyes. Come on, everybody pray with me. Let's agree together. Lord, open their eyes to see the bigger picture, the more eternal understanding of their moment. Let them begin to see, Lord, in the spirit realm. Let them begin to rise in faith today. Let them begin to walk by faith and not by sight. Let them begin to get their focus on you. And I just declare over you today, don't look at that anymore. I'm not saying be in denial. I'm saying get your eyes on Jesus. He'll show you how to walk through this. Listen to me. He'll speak a word of faith in your heart. and He'll give you a way. Listen in the Spirit. I'm speaking to somebody this morning. He'll show you things to do. But you got to keep your eyes on Him. you got to keep your focus on Him. You can't look to the left or the right. You can't believe what the devil's been telling you. You can't believe what the circumstances have been saying to you. You've got to believe what thus saith the Lord over your life today. And build a belief system of God's bigger picture in your midst. And I declare over you today that your outward circumstances will not affect your inward confidence any longer. I declare over you today that your circumstances are only temporary. I declare to you today by the Spirit of God that your circumstances are actually working for you, not against you. And I declare over you today from this day forward your focus will be on your faith and not your circumstances. In Jesus' name. Now I want you in this altar to say, so be it in my life today. So be it in my life today. 
I'm walking. I want everybody to say, I'm walking by faith and not by sight. I want everybody to declare it over your own life. I'm walking by faith and not by sight. Declare it over your family. We're walking by faith and not by sight. Thank you, Jesus, for your greater good. In Jesus' name. Everybody look up at me this morning. God's given you a measure of faith. Even a little bit works a lot. So don't go, I don't have my faith. I don't have my faith. A little go a long way. It's kind of like grill cream. Most of y'all don't know what that is. But a little dab will do you. A little, a little faith will go a long way if you just start working it. Things will begin to happen and change. And today when you walk through these doors and walk out these doors, you say, hey, listen, you get, ver- get verbal with it. I'm fearing not. I'm walking by faith and not by sight. When you wake up in the morning, I'm not going to fear. What can man do to me? Hey, I'm, fe- I'm fearing not. I'm walking by faith, not by sight. I'm not looking at my circumstances. I'm looking at God and His Word and will for my life. And when I get my eyes on Him, when I begin to focus on Him, He's going to speak things to me. He's going to show me things in the night season. He's going to give me things that I need to do that will turn things around. And God will do a miracle in my midst. But I don't need to see it before I believe it. Ooh, I believe it. And then one day soon I'm going to see it. Somebody that's walking by faith, not by sight. Now, if you choose to hang out, we'll pray for you on our way through it. I'm merciful, but I'm not a masochist. Neither I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I'll fear no evil. For thou art with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy my cup runneth over surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life I will dwell in the house of the Lord that's the bigger picture I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever and ever Something has turned in the spirit for some of you this morning. It turned. I just keep on walking. Let's give the Lord of glory a great big God bless you. You can go back to your seats. You can go back to your seats. Thank you for your patience today. Remember next week's Father's Day. Bring your fathers. And if you're not a father, that's okay. Some people have never fathered a child, but they are fathers. And some people have have fathered children or not really fathers. So it's an attitude of the heart, man. My dear friend Randy Miller, who pastors our church in Sour Lake, has never fathered a biological child, but he has fathered many children, spiritual and and, and his stepchildren. He is a father. That's next Sunday. Man, I'm so fired up I could start all over right now. Let's take somebody by the hand today. Let's pray that God would draw people from the four corners of this church all around us. That when they drive by this church, there'd be a fire just kind of say, oh. In fact, some of you are here because you drove by and you went, huh, I got to go there. 
Father, draw people. Lord, there's chairs here that need people in them. And Lord, we pray you'd bring them from the north, south, east, and west. Lost people, confused people, blessed people, troubled people, hungry people, addicted people. Lord, you love them all. Red and yellow, black and white. They're all precious in your sight. Bring them this summer. Fill this house. Give people faith in their hearts. To walk by faith and not by sight. And everybody said, amen. As we close today, our, our team will be here. Prayer, prayer. Hey, go ahead and give him some praise. We don't patty cake. We're going to do it. We give him some praise. Hey, I, we'll have prayer guys and gals all along here if you need prayer, if you didn't, if you missed out earlier. If you want to join the church, let me just say, come on down and do that. Well, uh, what do I have to do? Just come on down and do that. We'll take care of it. We'll fix you up. We'll get you moving in the right direction. We'll give you some insight and ways and means and help you continue to grow in Christ. And so these people, in fact, I want our, our ministry team to come on up and, and just kind of scatter out here. We're going to count to three and we're going to shout hallelujah. Uh, and when we go out uh, with a shout, if you need prayer for anything, you come this way, don't go that way. If, if you want to join the church, uh, you come this way, don't go that way. Uh, if you uh, uh, just need... Hey, if you need somebody to just agree with you about anything, you come this way, don't go that way. And, and they're already all smiling. They're already smiling. They're ready for you. Uh, and so they'll pray for you. Everybody love the Lord. Say amen. Enjoy yourself today. You feel better to, front, now than when you came in? My mom always used to say, I'd go to church and feel worse when I left when I came in. I said, so, I said, okay, for the rest of my life, I'll make it my habit and go to do my best to make sure people when they leave feel better when they came in so if anybody didn't feel feel better now than when you came in lift your hand and i'll lay hands on you suddenly anybody okay no i hope you feel better than uh, leaving when you came in god bless you have a great day uh, we'll see you wednesday night god bless amen